welcome to our latest episode of Certified Fresh. I'm your host on this amazing journey, Brian Z. On this episode, we're lucky to be joined by someone who's been a true safety leader throughout their career. Chad Lingerfeld, who leads the job site safety and security team at WarnerCo, is my first guest. His time in the safety world got its start while he was still in the military, and you won't believe the things that he was responsible for. Chad dishes with me on a wide variety of topics. What makes the Werner Fall Protection lineup unique? How he and his team interact with customers to make them safer? What are some common customer misconceptions around fall protection? And why their partnership with Line Drive has opened so many doors to strategic customers? Then, we continue on with our series, Get to Know a Newbie. For this segment, I'm joined by Holland Robinson, our newest SC in Atlanta. Holland has some big shoes to fill following the legendary Angie and Miss Laura from Texas, but his background and approach to the role will surely find him success. And now, enjoy the latest. Sit back, turn up the volume, and stay fresh. All right, I'm excited for our next guest on the pod today. With us to talk all things safety-related, fall protection, working from heights, we have Chad Lingerfeld, the National Job Site Safety and Security Person from Warner Co. with us today. Chad, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today. This is pretty exciting. Never been a part of this or something like this in quite a while. So this is awesome. Thanks yeah. for putting it together, Brian. No, I think from my standpoint, when I, when I look at you know who we want to talk to and, and insights and knowledge we want to gain, I mean, uh, you and your background and what you're doing and, and the role that the JSS team plays out in the market with our uh, distributors and customers is really important. And I thought it'd be great to get you on today to, to understand some of your history and, and get some of that uh, wisdom passed along. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Um, talk, so talk to us the National Job Site Safety, or I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll shorten this to the uh, JSS team. You know, uh, talk to me about your current role. You know, you're leading the team. It's, it's taken a little bit of time to build this out. What was, what was the vision of the JSS group? Uh, when it started several years ago, uh, it started as an end-user specialist group originally several years back, uh, probably almost 10 now. Um, even before fall protection came along, we, we had this team out there calling on end users. And today, that's still our main focus is end users. We're always trying to make sure everybody goes home at the end of the day. So we're just trying to pass on knowledge specifically now as the JSS grows. We're specifically trying to help people understand the technical side of fall protection, ladders, inspections, and also the Kanak and the weather guard side. Sure, it's a yeah, it's a complete complete package there. Um, when you look at you're building out the team members and we put people across country, what were you looking for? What was that ideal profile of someone to join that team? Someone most people know a lot about ladders, and uh, when we met you at Line Drive, you guys knew a tremendous amount about, about ladders. But you know, when it comes to fall protection, it seems like a lot of people don't know the technical part, and that's what we're looking for for a member to be a part of this team to be an expert, what we really call a subject matter expert in fall protection or at least someone in a short time we could get them there to where they need to be who's worked at least three to five years with fall protection and who understands why, what, where, and when when it comes to fall protection. I think that that makes sense. You know, you're absolutely right. When we started, you know, we had that ladder background and doing the inspections and understanding what's wrong. And I think for a lot of people, uh, rightfully so, fall protection is is something to be taken seriously. And uh, I know there was hesitation from some of our team saying like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be qualified or capable enough to do it. Um, 
side note, the people that said that, the, those that were probably most hesitant about her are now the ones that are going out and doing the most inspections and the most engagement. So uh, maybe because they did take it very seriously. But I think you're right that, you know, having bringing someone in to be that expert uh, and to be able to diagnose customer situations or help guide that, it is important to have that experience there. Right. And I think the key thing there is that there's a lifeline. We, we have multiple lifelines for line drive to call. Even our guys, when they get in the field, we have two technical gentlemen who's full-time now with us, and then we have a couple engineers we can call. So we always have that lifeline of a phone call, a picture, taking a picture of something. If I could add one thing there, that's the key thing from your team or any team that matters when we're talking fall protection. Take a picture or a short video of what you're trying to explain speaks millions of words instead of a few words. Yeah, I think that, that absolutely makes sense You know, when you think about that um, as far as – um, yeah, the, the capabilities we have now with phones and, and tablets to, to go ahead and look and, and show that image versus trying to describe it or, or walk someone through it. Um, you mentioned that the, the ideal role of the JSS, they're, they're really end user focused and that the, the idea is, is inspections, but a lot of it is, is training and getting people comfortable. Am I right on that? Absolutely. Just uh, you'd be surprised, even when it comes to safety managers, you'd be surprised how many people have never even tried to harness on. And then, then you get to a class, and it's pretty amazing when the, the safety manager says, I don't even ever try those on. And they're responsible for their fall protection plan, which is the number one issue right now across the U.S. when it comes to people wearing the harness or putting on correctly. So uh, as we know, OSHA Top 10, uh, we, can, we can help out with four of the OSHA Top 10, and that goes back to the JSS team. You know, when it, uh, falls has been number one forever. Uh, not forever. That's a false statement. But since 1997, they've been every every year number one, since except one of the of the last however many years that is. It's been amazing. And then of course ladders, scaffolding, and then fall protection training's been added over the last four years in the OSHA top 20, 10. And 2020, uh, it, st- it was number eight. And that's just where we can really come in as a group. And that's where we're so excited with you with partnering with you at Line Drive. We can we do a lot of construction already, but you but line drive brings so much to the table when it comes to the industrial side, and that's where we can really grow quickly. I feel with the knowledge you guys and the relationships. Once again, fall protection is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. People buy right. people they know or at least someone they trust, and I think line drive has that quality behind them. Well, yeah, I think that that's a good point that you bring up there that, you know, I, I was out at a customer a while back and you're right that there's a, a safety director, but the safety director is not the person wearing the harnesses. And we went through the inspection and there was burns all over the harnesses because they make very large steel beams and immediately brought up, you know, they, they bought right. what they'd always bought and didn't have any idea that, oh, maybe I should get a welding harness, <laughs> something that's going to be able to, to take, this, uh, take the splatter off of it. But yeah, so a lot, for a lot of people, Yes, they, they're a safety director, but they're not using it every day or not, you know, maybe putting themselves in that situation. So it's good that we're able to go in and give knowledge and, and help them understand that, that there's, uh, one, that there's more than just the same harness we've bought over and over again, uh, but there's probably ways to be safer uh, both during an incident and then afterwards. Yeah, Brian, you're so correct when you say this. It's to actually, believe it or not, a lot of time, probably it's the 80-20 rule. It's the simple stuff that most of the time, as you just said, buying a welding harness instead of a regular harness something as simple as that can solve the issue a lot of times it's pretty amazing yeah i guess you know we talk a lot about you know people don't know what they don't know 
And right. there's, there's a lot of area for that. Uh, you know, the construction, I was actually, uh, we just did a, a ladder training uh, last week. And the gentleman who was the, the safety manager for this large casino had come from construction. So he was very knowledgeable. And that's what he would say. He'd say, I come in here and, you know, there's not the kind of rigor that we had in the construction world because you have to, you have to be knowledgeable. You're working, you know, with ladders and harnesses and, and, and job site stuff all day long. So you need to know that. But um, yeah, when in the industrial spaces we go in, it, it does tend to be, uh, a little bit less knowledgeable or, or the, the people we deal with are a little bit less knowledgeable about uh, the different options that are available or, or ways that they can build their program out. So getting into, uh, you know, you have this, this world of say this history of safety. Talk, talk to us about our background because it's not a tradition. You weren't an EHS manager at a, at a big plan. You know, how did you get involved in safety? Well, at the very beginning, uh, when I came into the Air Force, uh, uh, the quick story here, I'm a elaborate just a little bit a day 15 uh, i came in as a hvac guy believe that or not and I, I don't even know why that how that happened into the air force and they said that job has went away you have to either let us pick your career field or go back to morganton north carolina where you came from so i said i'm came too far i'm not going back so long story short i ended up in a, in a, a specific field called munitions specialist and that's where they you build bombs and missiles every day of your life. That's what you do, and it's called ammo. And I went to ammo. Thought I really didn't want to go to this is when I was 18 now, Brian. So when I was 18 years old. I didn't want to go to college, but here I ended up in 15 months of technical school, straight straight through. And then since then, I've had about last six years of technical school between safety and different items and stuff. But and and college. But the cool thing there was I got there. I immediately loved it. Um, I'm a very black and white guy. When I read something, I can say this is the way it should be or shouldn't be. And that's how I got into safety. Immediately, I got into quality assurance and from quality assurance into safety and the munitions. You can imagine building bombs, how much safety missiles required in that. So that's how I got into the career field. Started out in what they call weapons, ammo field safety, then went into flight safety. That's when the wheels go up, the wheels touch back down on the ground. And then ground safety is like OSHA we do today. That's where I spent 20... Uh, 19 of the 21 years in the Air Force, that's what I did. Okay. So, every bit of it. I think at the beginning, you know, like when people talk about now, like doing fall protection assessments, you're like, yo, I was doing, uh, I was doing bomb safety and like making sure that like entire jets like made it back down. So, like, yeah, that one, it needs to be a little bit more snug. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool though. So, that's, you know, just that, a little bit. Just yeah. It's just, just a, yeah, a little bit more. Uh, not that, not that anything's not important, but. Yeah. Right. Especially missiles. Missiles are so dangerous. I mean, people don't realize they're all electrical sparked, of course, when they leave the aircraft. So it's just so much you have to be safety wise, grounded and stuff. So pretty big deal. And then when I left the Air Force, I worked for Wyeth Pharmaceutical as a safe as a ground as a ground. As a safety manager, see I'm still talking Air Force lingo there, <laughs> but as a safety manager uh, for a year and then I uh, came over to a construction house, did safety for 10 and a half years at a um, company called IDG, Insco, Sonopar, ended up buying them. And then uh, on a pretty big scale in the southeast, and then uh, I got swooped over to Wernico because uh, the main reason I came to Wernico is because the footprint is so much bigger. Because I cover North America. I actually cover all of U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Oh, wow. Along with a part of my... Josh Rizzo, which many of you know, Josh Rizzo, we cover the whole U.S. together, so it's pretty amazing. So that's um, a little bit different story than a traditional. You've basically been in safety and, and frankly, ground safety for 
your entire career. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, that's good. so I got to tell this story, Brian, real quick. Sure. I think a lot of people get kick out of this. So when we go to Walmart or some big uh, Costco or somewhere like that, and I see someone on the ladder and they're sitting on top of it, I head straight to them. My wife ducks to the left or to the right just to get away from me because she knows I'm going to make them get them down, and she gets very embarrassed. And uh, that's just – it's in my blood. I, I, can't, I can't turn it off when it comes to stuff like that, making sure everybody goes home at the end of the day. And I usually get them down. Pull their supervisor over and give them a five or ten minute briefing why why they should not be doing what they're doing. And you'd be surprised, probably ninety percent of the time, they'll say thank you and be sincere about it. Pretty crazy. That is that's interesting. Um, you know, again, a lot of people just don't know or they don't think. And we talk about that that minute to make that or that seconds that you make that decision that could could change your life. And um, you know, I always like to emphasize that that people sort of have this mindset of like, well, it's just a minute, or I'm just going up real quick, or I'll just be up there for a second. Right. And it, it doesn't take much. I like that you, I like that you're out there. It's sort of like that. If you see something, say something mentality. Yes, sir. Which yes, is sir. Good. And you, yeah. Well, once again, it embarrasses my wife so much. She, she just, she doesn't really like that. So her, she's a paralegal. So she's always worried about that side of it, but okay. we just want to make sure everybody goes home at the end of the day. So that's the key thing. Yeah. I like that. That's a def- definitely a common theme throughout your career, right? Yes, sir. And I don't think she shouldn't be embarrassed. She should be enthusiastic that you're such a caring person that you could not bear to see somebody in a dangerous situation. It happens quite often, though. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're not you're not like driving through the neighborhood like watching roofers and like pulling over at every single house. So it's like it's got to be like a flagrant violation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do people? I'm just curious of it when you get that that guy from Walmart and he's on there and you say, "Hey, let's go talk to your manager." Are they initially afraid or is there? I do. It's shock at first, and I explain to him I'm just trying to help him out, and and then then the calm. You try you try to make it calm as soon as you can, and then they understand. Hey, we need to get the right equipment for the right job here. Yeah. Or I don't need to be sitting on top of this ladder doing nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I guess, and that, that's probably the point that you'd make is like, hey, obviously you're doing this wrong because you don't have the right tools and equipment. Similar to to you know whether it's fall or harnesses or, or ladders that you know it's not. Most of the time, it's not that the person wants to break the rules. It's just either they haven't been educated or they don't have what they need to do the job, and they're, they're sort of thinking, how do I solve this quickly? 100% correct. And, and a lot of times, it's younger people who has never had any type of training until you're absolutely correct. Right. Who, who thought that you know the 17-year-old who's putting stuff on top of a shelf at a Walmart or something would need some training? But they do. It's important. Um, you talked about coming, you talked about coming over to Warner and the, the national uh, or the North American footprint that was there. But uh, what else attracted you to, to Warner and come on? In the beginning, it was really a lot of focus on the fall protection. Yeah, they um, probably I was money. very blessed. I was very blessed. I was able to be put on the initial team for two years before Warnerco got into fall protection. Uh, it was a confidential team just to see if it's something they wanted to get into. And I was able to be on that team. There was about 20 of us at that time outside of Warner Co. See if it was a good idea. And I just love the chair in the air, uh, Brian. You just walked into this one. So the chair in the air was just the thing for me. I mean, it just really set us apart. I've been teaching trauma straps my entire life. Uh, if someone takes a fall. And I guess two things uh, that really swooped me here was the chair in the air and the thinking of starting at the fall and working their way back and starting a company from scratch, not buying someone, starting with a product to help save lives. And that was really, uh, as you said earlier, that's really attracting me. And then also just a bigger footprint, be able to reach more people. And now the, uh, double that size with line drive, literally, that's no joke. Right. It really doubled right. up when it comes to the U.S. So it's been 
Uh, and you, you mentioned, I got to go ahead and throw her name out there. Angie was totally against it at the very beginning, uh, badly. And it was amazing how she was sort of against it. And she is my biggest advocate. And I will support her to, to, uh, till there's no uh, air left in this body here. But it's because of the pride and just the energy you guys bring to the table. I'm very excited about that. Hey, we appreciate that. <laughs> I also was not going to, I was not going to mention her by name, but you know, she is, she is somebody who has, um, I don't say have skepticism, but she did in the beginning was like, you know, this is, this is something that probably very technical and, and you know, how, how, what's the you know liability, what's that look like? But, um, you know, in the end now she's the the biggest promoter, one of the biggest promoters. And, and I like that. I think one of the interesting things that I've learned from, um, you know, the, my, my training, the, the competent person training is that like, you can do an inspection in a snapshot, but really what we want to do is make sure that we're educating people to understand what they're looking for. Cause at the end of the day, it's up to them to, you know, make that decision of, is this in sound working order or not? You know, we're there to provide guidance and we're there to, to help them understand the elements, but really it's, you know, every time you put that on, it's not, you can't look at that snapshot of, well, once a year we did an inspection, yeah. so it's good until next year. Right. So give them the right tools and put the right tools and tell them where they can go get those tools or, 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 as we said earlier, have a friend to call and know what they can do, that they're not out there by themselves. I guess that's the key thing in a lot of the world we live in now is there's no, no hope because there's nobody to call. But at least here we have people we can call and keep going until we get the answer. So it might not happen in 2.5 seconds, but we'll get you the answer eventually, I promise. That's fine. I, one of the things I do, I don't want to skip over here is, you know, you think about the chair in the air, and you said that that was the number one thing that, that it really attracted you. One, that they're putting this together and, and really thinking, but I think that the chair in the air says a lot to me when I, and you can confirm this, and when I, when I think about it, yeah, it's cool technology, and it's looking at something that, um, you know, when the fall happens, okay, we, you know, yes, we're keeping people safe, but it doesn't end at the, you know, once the swing stops, it doesn't end there. We've got to get the rescue. So looking at it differently and making sure that the worker's comfortable is kind of a, a Warner, uh, I don't say way of life, but it's sort of a common belief when you think about um, like the lean safe ladders, right? We know people, I just did a training a couple of weeks ago. We explained about how you're not supposed to lean a ladder up against. We're doing the inspection like five minutes later. I see a guy leaning a ladder against the wall. And it's like, you know, this is going to happen. Um, that's either a sign that I'm a bad teacher or some people just have really bad habits to break. Uh, human behavior, human behavior. Sometimes you just can't change it. So you got to build it in. So that's the cool thing about the chair in the air. It's built in. Yeah. You like, don't have to know how people use the trauma straps or anything. It's all built in. That's what attracted me. Right. So I think so much to yeah, I would say so from an innovation standpoint, it's really cool. And some of the other features, you know, the, the, the buckles that make sure you, you can see that it's latched and some of the adjustments and, and how it's built. But I always, I always, Think of it as something different. Like, yes, it was great that, that Warner engineered it, but to, you, you made that mention that if we're entering this market, let's do it right. Let's really think about you right. know what the challenges are and how we can make this better, this whole experience better. How can we make it safer? And that, that to me, that really speaks more about how Warner Co. has approached fall protection in general. You know, I look at... Um, you know, the SRLs and the way that you all over-engineer. You know, there's a code or a standard, but then it's like, let's, you know, let's go farther. Let's let's understand that people are uh, suffering from the human condition. And I was going to say something something worse. But people <laughs> people suffer from the human condition, and they make poor choices, or maybe they're not informed. They make the right choices. So you all have always done a, a sense of over engineering and, and really not just meeting the minimums. Yeah, even in the Air Force, one of our things was always above and beyond. You know, just being in Air Force, and it's the same here. We try to take bring that mentality, and I go ahead go ahead and throw this out there too. Even this year, you know, in November, we're releasing, releasing the adjustable harness, which is going to be off the chain. It'd be something that people's never seen in the market before back to the future type stuff. So I'm really excited about that too. So 
just didn't stop with the chair in the air. As you said, the retractables, uh, buying ClimTech, et cetera, just making sure we have the right connections. We'll talk more about that later. I'm sure you're going to ask, but just the adjustable uh, harness in the future here for those people that, that specifically, I'll make sure I'm clear with this, specifically that line drive is trying to reach the industrial world. You don't wear it every day. We're, we're building a harness so they'll be protected. So I'm very excited about that self-adjusting harness. Yeah, you, you, you do make a good point there. That 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 so that's that's additional innovation and technology that says, okay, hey, we've got a we've got a subset of users that are infrequent. Uh, maybe they're grabbing it off the hook or, or something. They're doing a job, you know, once a week. They've got to go in a in a, in a scissor lift to go install a high bay or something like that. Um, let's engineer out the human condition. Let's make it so they can right. you know actually use that. And that that's cool. Again, that speaks very much to the culture and and, and how the company thinks instead of relying on oh well, we've always just made. SRLs and harnesses that, you know, we're going to think differently about this and we're going to do this in a way that, that helps the customer go home at the end of the day. So I'd like to also say this, Brian, too. We're not, it's not a race for a price to the bottom for us. It's not about all about the price. I mean, we want to be competitive in the market for sure, but most of your larger fall protection companies are a race to the bottom. Who can make it the least expensive? And like you just said, it's not who we really are. It's how we can make the process better or, the, or better for the end user at the end of the day. So I'm very excited to not only just to be a part of this, but to be able to bring other people along with us on this journey like Line Drive. Right. Um, I do want to make note, I know you had done a training a while back, and when it was the people who were using it, but when they really got to feel it and, and put it on and, and tried the chair in the air, it was very clear to the end user that this was something that was much more superior to what they've been buying. And I know you all pulled purchasing in and procurement in and said, hey, you get in it. You see what this right. is like, and when you put you put them in that that role, and the customer saying like, "Hey, we need this product. Here's why." And getting the purchasing and procurement to understand, it's not a race to the bottom. It's a it's a race to right. find the, the the product that's going to best meet their their situation and help them stay safe. Yes, absolutely. I always think I, I, there's a kind of that joke when I, I you know I'm in front of a lot of customers. You kind of make that joke of like, "Well, can you really put a price on safety?" And they'll come back and say, "Yes." Um, usually we're talking about gloves or we're talking about, you know, garments or something like that, not when you're hanging you know, 50 feet in the air, right? So we, we can joke about it, but at the end of fall protection, if something happens, it's more than a cut finger. It's more than a chemical splash. It's, you know, if you're engaging, if you're engaging fall protection, it doesn't work, then you're probably having a real bad day. Absolutely. And that's where you not that truly believe it's still number one you know, between that and the training, you know, when it comes to people just not wearing it correctly etc. So, yeah, and it, the the training things. I'm, I'm going to come back to that. I do want to talk about climb tech. You talk about product offering, and um, most of the stuff you all have developed, and you talk about you know the innovations. But climb tech on its own, that that acquisition uh, definitely gives you all, uh, I would say, a leg up in, in some very unique products. It does. Uh, climb tech was one of the, we we was already buying some of the climb tech, which you already know, but. But then when we made this purchase, you know, we sort of stopped some of our competitors to be able to receive certain anchors, et cetera. But Climb Tech really filled us out. Uh, we're, we're greater than 85 uh, to 90% of the market now. Only thing that we really don't have a tremendous amount of is confined space. And we'll eventually get there, 23, 24, whenever we get there. But right now, for construction and industrial, for the foremost, we can really help out most people when it comes to that. And with Climb Tech, with all the connections, specifically, and once again, in the industrial world, we have so many different things that we can use to make sure people can connect correctly, not just to a two-by-four or a piece of PVC pipe that we see quite often. We can make sure they're uh, connecting correctly and making sure everybody goes home at the end of the day. Right. Again, so 
some of uh some of Climtech's technology or, or I guess where you know they're coming to it is like yeah there there are unique situations and and a lot of times um, when we're in the industrial world factories and a lot of healthcare and and you know convention centers and things like that aren't really designed to be worked on they're they're engineered and built and then it's like okay well then now we need to fix well we don't have a tie-off point here we don't have something very convenient to get into so uh Climtech definitely has a lot of products that that think differently in that that standpoint yeah and they and brian i would like to say this too and, and please hear my voice clear on this they're they're our speedboat when it comes to engineering Warner Co's this big battleship, if you can imagine. I'm a military guy. Sorry for the military <laughs> analogies here. But they're, they're the speedboat. They're the Coast Guard that can come quickly to you and get up to you quickly and take pictures, help you out, send somebody if we need to to help out. Just want to make sure Line Drive understands that. At the end of the day, they're the ones who can really come out quickly and make sure that we have the right things in place or at least design or help design quickly instead of waiting for six months, eight months, whatever it may be for – the big ship to catch up, the, the small speedboat can get there pretty quickly. And I'm very excited about that in the future for uh, specifically line drive because I think you're going to see more and more applications and wherever it may be. We can mention a bunch of customers now, but I won't do that. But there's a bunch out there that I truly feel that you'll be using climb tech engineering in the near future. Yeah, well, that's, and that's that, you bring up a good point there, and it's kind of it's a great segue. So I appreciate that. But you know, thinking about Climbtech and being able to make, and I know there's some stories that they made talked about how they made specific anchors for when they were uh, there was a, a large building that was going up, and they needed to they were doing I think window ins- installations, and so they made a, a custom anchor for that. And I think that's important for for those listening and for our team uh, to understand that you know when we're working with the end user it's more than just let's swap this harness for that harness it's let's help them understand you know there are there are products that we can either implement that they're not aware of or things that we can help develop that if they have a situation it, it should be let's call Werner to help us solve problems not let's call Werner to check off a box love it you know I absolutely love that mentality because that's really truly who we are at the end of the day and I think that the, that goes to towards it segues and coming back to the JSS role. You know, I think it's more than just a demo truck. It's more than the 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 guy at the trade show that they, like they drop him off the side and like ah, you know this is great. It's, it's more than that. It's it, it's maybe even thinking about like once a year inspections versus trainings. Right. You know, it sure is. You know, you know, I, it still amazes me, Brian, when you bring up inspections when I go out to different places and. Nobody, first of all, they're wearing a harness and they don't even know how to inspect their own harness they're wearing. That really scares me also at the same time. But, this, but you know, putting people in harnesses, letting them feel it, letting them feel the gravity override when we get in the chair in the air, just all the different things that we bring to the table. Once again, it's not a brag. It's the engineering in a harness, and it's really truly uh, uh, it's different. As you said earlier, it's just different, and it's amazing uh, to be able to – to be able to represent something like this and be a part of it. And as we continue to grow with the self-adjusting harness, with the SRLs, et cetera, it's not, it's, it's not ending. And as you just said also, Brian, I hope everybody gets what you said, specifically at Line Drive, that they can be a part of, the, of helping create something bigger than them, not just to help the plant they're in, but it could help all the plants across the U.S. or wherever they may be. Right. Something small. I was out at a... a, a I guess a medium-sized manufacturer that had a small warehouse and then one guy that did inventory and he had on a, a lanyard connected to an SRL and just the, the way it said it was very quick. I was like, okay, how's he, how is he doing? How high is he going? We're like, you know, if he comes off of that thing, he's 
right on the ground. Like it's he's toast. Yeah. Right. And they, they thought it was like extra protection, right? Cause it was like, Oh, well he's doubly protected. It's like, no, this is not good. Um, so but even on a small scale, seeing that it's like, all right, let's talk about how, how high is this guy going? What's his application? Does he, he needs room to get into the shelves? Like, okay, let's, let's work together and find a solution. And, uh, I know our SC that was in that market had reached out to his JSS to say like, let's, let's, engineer something here make sure we're doing things right so uh i think that's cool and i you know from a customer impact that's got to be so so um i mean it's obviously good for us as a a company but it's got to be great for you and your team to know that you're out there uh, affecting customers in in that positive way absolutely brian so helping people go home through the days i think you've heard me say it several times is the key thing for me and for my entire career it's been it's been my motto and and talking about helping that even like the, which we're going to have some fun here real soon with Line Drive because the SRL ANSI standards change again from AB leading edge to class one, class two. And, and Line Drive is going to be one of the very first ones to the market because as soon as this ANSI standard gets released in August, we're going to be able to start showing this stuff. This is going to be very exciting for you to be able to go show something new and talk about before a lot of the safety managers even know themselves. They know the change is coming, but they don't know what the changes are. And we're going to make sure that each of you are trained up to be able to understand that. And it won't take long to do that. Very exciting. No, that is awesome. I, I, again, bringing that value, helping people know what they don't know. You know, we, we went through that a little bit with uh, back of hand impact standards uh, about a year and a half, two years ago when the ANSI rolled out with that and getting people to understand, okay, what is the difference? How do, you know, when do I need it? What is the ratings? Um, I don't see how to spot imposters, but how to take a, a glove that looks like it's got impact and when it really doesn't. And I think same thing here is, you know, are people in compliance and can we make it easy for the customer to make the right choice? <clears throat> Absolutely. Good stuff. So one of the things, you know, thinking about how, how is Warner different when, when we, the way you all are approaching the end user than some of the competitors out in the marketplace? Well, I think one of the key things is us, we are going to the end user. A lot of time, our, some of our competitors are focusing on the distribution side, which is good. I mean, we have to do that. But I think we, we believe hitting the end user where they are, as you said earlier, helping them understand fall protection and to meet their needs. And then when they have something that's a little bit different, we can come out and make sure or help them take a video picture or send someone there to help them. I guess the key thing there is that we truly believe and start at the end user. And once again, this team used to be called end user specialist. So that's where we started. That's how we started at the beginning. And the only reason we changed our name, one of the biggest reasons we changed our name was job site is because Job sites where we're at, we have so much more than just fall protection. We have, you know, Kanak, we have the weather guard, we have the ladders, and, you know, of course, the fall protection. So, big deal. Absolutely. No, I think, uh, for me, one of the things that's interesting, you know, when you talk about training is the levels of training that we've we've put in place. You know, you've got your hour-long, you've got probably your half-hour toolbox talk, if you will. You've got your hour to two hour where, you know, getting people in the harnesses and getting the experience chair in there. What is the reaction if there's a fall? You've got that, you know, the full day session and then we have the, the two day competent person. And I, I don't know of anyone out there who is doing anything as comprehensive as we are. Yeah. And also it's pretty man, pretty amazing too. It's also online. We have the online training that's it's at, finger, at everybody's fingertips, the short clips or the, you know, the 45 minute one. So it all depends. So yes, uh, I'd rather be live any day, just so we're crystal clear. Last year was pretty tough on Chad Lingerfelt, just because I'm not a camera type guy here. I'd rather be be able to see you, look in your eye, and see if you're getting it or not. But I, I think we've done a pretty decent job. 
but I, I really enjoy the live training, as you just said, and I think it's pretty big, whether it be a, a toolbox talk, one to two hours, as you said, the authorized trainer or the two-day competent person. So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, you know, the, from when we talk about that hour to two-hour school, you know, the light school that you're right, I, I don't think a lot of companies do, um, you know, are doing that kind of training from an end user for their, their employees, especially those who are wearing harnesses, you know, with a, a daily frequency. Uh, again, it's sort of, here's your harness, here to go. But to your point, you know, not knowing how to inspect, not knowing to look for what's what's good or bad, you know, um, encourage that so much when we do these trainings, both with, with fall protection or, or ladder safety, that usually we're brought, well, usually we're brought in, it's one of two things. It's one, somebody done messed up, or two, <laughs> Um, you know, they recognize that we want to have a, a proactive safety culture. And, um, you know, I, I talk a lot about if you see something that's not right, they want you to bring it in. Any, any competent EHS person or safety director will gladly buy a new harness or a new ladder if the employee is proactively bringing it in saying, hey, this is damaged or it's, it's not right or it's not the right fit or, or whatever that is, not right for this role. Well, absolutely. You know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, the customers we deal with, a couple hundred dollars is, is nothing. Yes, yeah, specifically when they're talking insurance and their comp rate, et cetera, absolutely. It's a big deal to them that they have one or two uh, small accidents can really cause their insurance to go up with their mod rate. But, you know, you, you hit a nerve with me there. When you're talking about insurance, you're talking about all this, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty big deal to the safety managers out there. And I think the relationships that Line Drive has is really going to, with all the other products you offer, help get us in a lot of those doors in the industrial side to help us succeed, succeed a tremendous amount more. And uh, I just want everybody to know who's listening that we're here to support you. We're here to do whatever we can to make sure that you're successful. No, that's awesome. I, I think you mentioned early on that there's such a, a, a wealth of resources between, I think your team is eight people, question mark? Nine. Nine, nine now, yeah. So yep. you've got nine people, you've got you and Rizzo, and you've got um, you know, the two technical experts back at the old HQ. You have other people who've been in, in this, this market for a long time. So there's definitely people to, to support. And I think that's a, a, us working together, you know, line drive, working with the JSS team. Um, really, it's the thought of how to keep people safe, right? We, we've mentioned this a couple of times, getting everyone home at the yeah. end of the day. But whether it's process, whether it's product, uh, or even if it's training, you know, I, I see us. Uh, the line drive team being out in the field day in and day out, they're seeing it and they're seeing the stuff being used. And that's a fair question to ask. When was the last time you, you did some training? We, we've got this menu, um, so we, we can do more than just, you know, it does, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all, but when was the last time you even had the basics for your team? And it, right. it's, it's bringing that up. Especially when they change, you know, it, you know, anytime they change any process, they need to be having some type of refresher training. That's where we can really help out with the, their program. So I just think that's a big deal. When I say program, I mean their fall protection program and their written program. Right. Well, I think we, we've talked a lot. A lot of people don't know that they have to have that. Right. Right. That's, that's, Absolutely. A, that's a start. You know, we do see there, there tends to be, um, you know, I guess there's sort of the classification in that, you know, there's a safety director who's there because that's a role that they got put into, or maybe they got promoted into it, or, you know, that, that based on their experience and tenure, that's up the job chain they get put. And, you know, there are those that, that want to learn a lot, and there's the ones that are sort of say, hey, I'm not going to change this, or I'm not going to do this, or I don't know this doesn't exist. And, and there's also, you know, from a standpoint of, if you're an EHS or if you're in safety, there's a lot to know. You know, we do the OSHA, all of our people are OSHA 30 certified. And even you go through that, I've, I've taken the class and there's, I don't remember the, all the asbestos things. I don't remember. I remember the toe kick 
on the on like some of the, the stairwells, but you know, right. there's just so much to remember. So I think it's great that we can come in and provide uh, provide this service. I was going to say, you know, like what when you're out in the field, what are some of the common issues that you you see or, or your team sees from a customer standpoint? Well, from a construction standpoint, of course, it's always roofers not wearing fall protection on the roofs. We see that commonly every day, specifically in the residential areas. Uh, a really tough enforcement there. Uh, I see a lot of people just trying to comply. We, we know where they just buy. We call it the safety in a bucket where mm. they buy and it stays in the bucket and never gets put on the person just to have in case someone shows up. See that a lot of times. And uh, But the key thing, I guess, is the biggest thing is just the roofers just being so lackadaisical and understanding. And in an industrial world, it would be the electricians. Uh, I see them wa- working on a lot of live electrical arc flash stuff that they need to really need to have arc flash on. And a lot of times you don't see that as I walk through the different plants. Mm. Anytime anybody's working on anything electrical live, they need to have that. So it's a pretty big deal. Does that answer your question or help? Yeah, no, that, that, that definitely makes sense. You know, it's, uh, I, I would say, I think you touched on it before, um, the training aspect of it, that a lot of times people haven't been trained. And that that's surprising that someone, if you're going to use something that's, you know, life, life preserving life of life impacting that you would think that you would have been trained versus like, here you go. Here's a medium large, throw it on. Right. Exactly. So, you know, working with end users, speaking of that, speaking of that, working with end users, you know, how is the training received? What, what do you generally hear? What's the feedback you get when you, when you're done with the session? Okay. There's, there's, you know, we do quite a few different types of trainings. You mentioned under the mass gaggles when we have 50 or 60 or a hundred people, I really don't enjoy doing those just because, you know, only four to five percent of those people walk away with anything just because it's so large. But in your typical 20 to 25 people in the classroom, it's amazing some of the feedback we get. And um, just people who, as you said earlier, don't know what they don't know. They, they've always been told one thing and, then, you know, it could be half truths or it could be they only heard one part of it. And that's the amazing part is making sure they all know the, the true facts. And when you're in that Set a set setting of where you have twenty to twenty five people or less. It can be uh, really helps out dramatically, and and it's just and, and uh, once again I'm gonna mention her name one more time. I won't say it again. When Angie, when <laughs> Angie was down at um, uh, one of the army bases not too long ago, just to see the eyeballs of the people when we we're doing live training, it start clicking. You can see it in their eyes. You know, some of them are pretty big, been doing it for a long time, and you can see their eyeballs start changing and see the like, wow, I didn't know that. Wow, I didn't know this. That could happen to me, et cetera. So it's pretty amazing. And especially uh, those with kids, uh, you can just see the families and stuff. It really kicks in and they, they might not go home at the end of the day if they're not wearing the correct stuff. So it's pretty amazing sometimes. You know, that's, um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to think about. And, and you're right, just to see people actually get it and it clicks and, and have that reinforced. And, and one of the things that and we're excited as an organization now that we've trained everyone up, or we will in, you know, by the time this comes out, um, is that we're, you know, it's more than just, so it's more than just ladders. We're really, you know, working internally and, and, and externally on, you know, let, let us help you do a working from heights assessment. You know, let's really look at it. It's not just ladders. It's not just harnesses. It's overall, what's your program? What are you doing? And I think that's really cool that it's, it, we're able to take a few different brands that we work with, uh, you all, Garlock and, and some others to say, what, what is the working from heights? And what, you know, how can we help people be safe and, and go home at the end of the day? And, you know, I guess tying it all together, uh, you know, under, understanding that we do, we need to take this seriously. You can't just make that 
you know, split second decision to, oh, I'll just try this because it can have, there's some very serious consequences there. And I always hate to go out and I, I preface it. I hate to be the one that's pounding all this negativity and doomsday scenario, but inevitably, um, there's always, you know, I, I've had guys raise their hand and say, Hey, I know he's, you know, we're all sort of joking around here, but he's right. At my last job, someone fell off a six foot ladder. Or we had a guy that was up in some racks and went to step on the truck and just missed. You know, there's, there's definitely, uh, people have these stories. So the more that we can help bring, you know, bring attention to them, make sure they're taking it, taking it seriously and, and taking that, that, you know, short second or short 30 seconds to reflect and, and inspect. So, so you, you hit another nerve there, Brian. I got to say real quick, it's been very few classes that I've ever taught where someone in the class had not fallen themselves or knew someone close to them who had fell. So it's, it's more common than we think, and, and it really touches nerves when we when we bring it to life. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because to your point, you know, a lot of times when we, say when we get pulled in, it's because something's happened, and so there you are in front of the class and everyone's pointing at Junior over in the corner, and, like, and he's got his head down, you know, he's like... And you feel bad, but you're like, hey, I always relate, you know, like, look, I'm sure he didn't mean bad by this or she didn't mean bad by this, but, you know, it happened. And so let's it, it, hopefully, thankfully, you know, we're good. I was just at a place uh, not too long ago that the, the guy was out for four months, you know, in workers comp. And it's, it's like, you, yeah. you, you know, you don't want that. They could, couldn't move. So uh, all that stuff's terrible. I guess uh, wrapping up that side of things, you know, any like off the wall situations that you've walked into or just like bizarre scenarios that you've witnessed in your time out in the field? Um, bizarre atmosphere. That's a good question, Brian. So, um, I guess not bizarre, but I've done lots of fatalities. I don't want to be this doom and gloom here, but the fatality side is just amazing sometimes when it comes to how simple and how fast things can go wrong and how much we can really help out in the field when it comes to that. And, uh, just, uh, making sure people have the harness and they're wearing it correctly. Something as simple as that. Uh, I can think of at least 27 to 28 right now cases where I did fatalities where people would have went home at the end of the day if they'd just been wearing it either correctly or even put it on. Wow. So it's a pretty big deal. Wow. So um, it's it, it's amazing to me uh, how what little bit of training can help people go. And, I, and that's where I'm grateful for you guys uh, and ladies bringing everything to, together when it comes to line drive in the industrial world. I'm going to say it again. It's just a it's, it's a it's a really I'm going to use the word marriage here. It's a good marriage between us and Line Drive and Warnerco because we, we can make a big difference. And I'm very excited about that going forward. Yeah, we uh, you know we, we feel strongly about the products and, and what we can offer. And again, that that being able to to help people maybe understand things they don't know, but you know, helping them go home at the end of the day is uh, it's not often we we I think we we brush past it a lot. But I always talk to people about putting their cape on. You know, some days we get to be Superman, and some days or Wonder sure. Woman, whatever it is that we want to help out a little bit of both Wonder Man, if you will. I don't know if that's trademark, but um, speaking of. As we come to the end, the end of, uh, you know, going home safely and going home at the end of the day, what is, when Chad is not teaching and flying all over the country and working shows and all that stuff, what, what is Chad into? What are the hobbies or passions? Well, the new hobbies, as we talked about earlier, is my, I have two grandbabies now. So I have a one that was just born a few days ago on June 22nd on my birthday. Then I have another one that's 15 months old. That's my first grandson and my first granddaughter was born uh, March 9th last year, right before the world shut down. So pretty amazing there but i have a big passion with permissions and uh, i have an orphanage that i'm the administrator of in india bihar india if you look at nepal come down 100 miles have 19 beautiful girls there that i have the privilege of making sure that they're fed kept and uh, a place to live and be able to go to school so that's another big passion of me and my wife's 
together that we do uh, every year. I've been doing that since uh, 2009 and really enjoy that. And just the uh, uh, last thing is I uh, enjoy, and most, most, most of you are going to laugh, I enjoy bush hogging or cutting grass so I can see my accomplishment at the end of the day. A lot of things when you're a safety teacher, you don't get to see the end result a lot of times, you know. So, but when I cut grass, I can see how straight I'm cutting it or how bad I'm cutting it. So that's that's pretty amazing to me. So I love doing that and just getting out and uh, having fun in the yard. So right. that's my big thing. <laughs> that, that's good. That's I, I haven't having not have any or someone who doesn't have a yard. I can't understand spending any time on that. But um, I like that you take a <laughs> sense of pride. That's that's good. That's all sorts of interests out there. So wrapping us up, um, one you know you definitely gave us some good th- good uh, good info. I would say uh, what is give me uh, the best piece of advice you've ever given or received. Um, could be life related, could be safety related. What what's that one piece that really sticks with you? Well, I guess uh, a wise man once told me when I first came into the Air Force, slow down and enjoy the day. And slow down and make sure you do it correctly the first time. So that's the, probably the best wise advice I could give you. And uh, for us men, I'm not talking to the women, I'm talking to us men. Us men read the instructions. So that would be the biggest one for me. So. That's good. I like it. Both, both slow down, take the time, and yeah, absolutely read the instructions beforehand. You're probably going to save a, a lot in the end. So that's very good. Um, Chad, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, appreciate all your insight and knowledge. Um, the team, and most of you who have obviously been trained by Chad or reached out, but uh, you know, again, it's great to check in with your local JSS, but you know, you know there's a team to support and, and want to help us educate and keep people safe. So thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Have a blessed one. All right, coming to you from the parking deck of the Atlanta International Airport, it's your man Z here with Holland Robinson. Holland, how are you today? Doing good, Z. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We've had a great couple days together, so figured I'd invite Holland on for our uh, favorite segment, uh, Get to Know a Newbie here at Line Drive. So got some questions for Holland. We're going we're gonna to learn a little bit more about him in this segment. Uh, so where to start? You're, you're new to Line Drive, been here six weeks. What's your background? Where did Holland come from? Okay, so um, yeah, I have a previous background in distribution and manufacturing uh, before this. So, um, did the industrial distribution for about six years. Um, then I wanted to kind of move over to the manufacturing side. Uh, did that for about six years. Uh, when I was approached with Line Drive, I was doing the national account thing with them for Fastenal in the Southeast. So, oh, all right. Easy. You haven't been a couple places, so and that, that's admirable. A lot of people, you know, we, we like to see that some people job hop every couple of years trying to find the right thing. But for you, what drew you to Line Drive? What made you make that change? Uh, I mean, for me, I was not challenged, so I wanted to. I wanted something a little bit more fast paced, and it was interesting. And I, I, I liked um, everybody that I spoke with um, because I wasn't looking at the time for a new job. Okay. So um, it wasn't something I was actively pursuing. So just something that was more fast paced and I enjoyed, you know, everybody that I talked to. Um, it kind of, yeah, it just kind of won me over. I heard you did your homework. You, you did some research online driving and <laughs> asked people what the deal was. I did ask around, of course. Um, yeah, and uh, you guys had a great relation. I mean, um, uh, reputation so uh, that that obviously went a long way as well because I, I talked to a lot of people that I trusted um, and and they said great things so yeah I was pretty comfortable with finally making the decision 
That's good. I think uh, Line Drives had a pretty good run of uh, SCs in, in Georgia. I know you heard like, good things about Laura and Angie, yeah. so uh, some good people in the market to, to give that, those good reviews. Um, you know, you've been in the industrial space for most of your job, most of the time that you've been on the workforce. You know, what do you like about it, or do you do not like it, or you're just stuck here now? <laughs> um, no, I mean, the best thing about the industrial space is, is, to me, it's interesting, right? You're always going into, like, different accounts that are doing different things, and you have the ability to solve different kind of problems. So, you know, you look at unique situations, um, every single day you're going into something different. And I've always thought it was cool to see how stuff's made. You know, I used to watch <laughs> the show, like, how it's made when I was younger and everything. Um, you know, I, I enjoy problems solving too so um so yeah it's just uh constantly you know challenging in a good way because it's just a, a changing environment that's what i like about the industrial space yeah me too i think they're like cool that's on fire yeah. or the time we saw this gigantic piece of steel just being smushed into like <laughs> into nothing there's, there's so much cool stuff out there that i think people don't get to see when you go and work on spreadsheets all day long yeah very true so um tell me about your family so, um, well, I grew up in Georgia, um, lived here all my life. Uh, You're one of five natives. <laughs> yes, I do. I have a brother and, and two sisters. Um, they all still live in Georgia, except for one sister up in North Carolina, but uh, met my wife here as well. Both went to the same college. Um, now I have two little girls, and uh, we're living about an hour north of Atlanta. You said little girl, it's like three and a half and one and a half, right? Yes, uh, close in age and um, and a handful, but yeah, love them to death. <laughs> You're uh, not getting as much sleep as you'd like, but you wouldn't mm -hmm. change it for the world. Right, no, you just heard the phone call. Uh, one of them's teething, having a two-year sleep regression, and the other one's uh, waking up in the middle of the night, and yeah, every, every single night, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. All right, you guys, I, I know you and your wife like to travel, so what's your favorite place to go to vacation? Um... Family trips, we do, we, we go to the beach a lot for like the whole family, but when my wife and I have traveled, uh, our favorite place that we've gone to inside the country, and actually outside the country is Alaska, um, and we did some traveling a couple of years ago. We wanted to get a lot of traveling in before we had kids, so went to Europe a couple of times. Um, uh, Barcelona, and that type of thing. Okay, so that's an interesting thing, like Alaska, right? the beach, and Barcelona. So there's, yeah, not, like, it up. there's not one thing for you, <laughs> nothing to, like tight. It's not like, oh, every year we go to Aruba and, and yeah. do that. You're mixing, mixing up the, the locations and the settings. Yeah. That's cool. So six weeks in at Line Drive, but what's, what's been interesting to learn so far? What have you been like, oh, that was really cool. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Oh, that's a good question. Um, the interesting thing that I've learned so far is, I mean, it, it, I enjoy all the the complexity of the meeting the different relationships and stuff like that, managing both sides, the partnerships of the manufacturers, the end users and the distributors. Um, you're always staying busy. Um, and and the product lines in itself, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people think that the, the fluke meters really fun and interesting and all that. It is a wow demo, um, enjoyed that. So, so yeah, that's all right. You you learn that sometimes when you do ladder inspections, you're on the roof of a forty nine story building. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that was a little scary yesterday, but uh, 
Uh, yeah, you can't say that that wasn't interesting, was it? No, we uh, thankfully we were not in danger. I don't think we were anywhere near the edge, so that was good. No, no walking, working surfaces violations. So right. not, neither of us who are not comfortable with heights didn't like pass out. <laughs> or you I was it hiding it well. I was <laughs> you hiding held it, it well. together. Um, I gotta ask, Holland is not a name that you frequently hear. Is there like a story behind this? Did they did they meant to type Holland and forgot the D? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a weird story, I guess, and I don't know the full story, but it, um, I think my parents actually saw it on some like weird indie movie from the the fifties or something like that, and it was a kid's name, and apparently this kid was more of like a Dennis the Menace type character. Okay, and so I was like, it's not really a compliment, but they just thought <laughs> that the name was cool and it stuck. So, <laughs> so yeah, I ended up with the only odd name in my family. Oh, interesting. So there's not like a everyone no, else is like yeah. Steve. Beth, Carrie, Courtney. Okay, Brent, regular yeah. stuff. As I asked, as, as my uh, fanatical listeners know, as, as we're having a kid, we're doing a lot of work on baby names right now, and it's mm-hmm. like, what is a name that ever has to be spelled? Having to spell my last name every single time I say it, I imagine for you it's like, that's Holland with no D or something. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I mean, like I said, if I'm going to order food at a, a, you know, a fast food restaurant, they ask for your name or Starbucks, I just say John sometimes. It's just easier that <laughs> just way, right? Saying. I would always maybe you can like test to see like what people write down in Starbucks cups. You know? <laughs> Colin, Colin. Well, that's Colin's probably it. Is that the most? Yeah. That's the most frequent one. Yeah. So, all right. Um, you've done a lot of stuff. We talked about the industrial thing, uh, and, and I, sh- I should ask this earlier. But what is like the coolest customer you've been to? Um. So, uh, well, SpaceX was probably oh, wow. the coolest one that I went to. Um, yeah, very very cool. Obviously, to see stuff that's going up in outer space and uh, just. It was like a bunch of young kid engineers too that were running around, basically running this place, and it was amazing to me. Um, and then the other one is uh, Gulfstream. You know, mm-hmm. that was very, very cool to see them assemble the G650s and and all that. So I guess I'm drawn to aerospace. So Apparently, I'll listen to myself and say that. Yeah. Are you any flying? Any pilot's license? Always wanted to be a pilot. Okay. That is on my radar. I do want to go get my pilot's license eventually. Well, I think the fact that you're into aviation in your market probably does well for you. <laughs> that curiosity can lead you to a lot yeah. of facilities. <laughs> exactly. So are you a TV show or a movie guy? Uh, probably a little bit of both, but I've become more of a TV show guy just because of time, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't get, you don't get two, two to yeah. three hours of alone time yeah, just to, yeah. to sit and watch? My day doesn't end at six o'clock anymore, so uh, yeah, I, it's, it's more TV shows to squeeze in before you go to bed. All right, anything, uh, any good shows that you binge during the pandemic? Oh man, there's probably a lot um, that I had going on in the background, but um, I'm trying to think of like the recent... Well, you were yelling at me for not watching Chef's Table. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I think that you would really enjoy that one. Um, and I also like like the the weird like comedies too, like Arrested Development mm-hmm. or uh, you know not to like Seinfeld. Obviously, everybody liked that <laughs> one. But uh, yeah, that's what we watched. Uh, Happy Endings, which was on for a few years. We like watched that probably the first month. We plowed through like three seasons in you know a week. Two okay, weeks. and I also have to find TV shows that the kids can watch too. So like. Uh, Lego Master. Like, oh. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah. I haven't, and I love Legos. Yeah. I gotta watch that. <laughs> um, on the weekends, what, what do you do to relax besides take the kids to the park and hang out and play? Like, what's, if you're gonna escape, what's what's Holland's go to? Um, so typically on the weekends in the summertime, I'm up at the lake. Spend a lot of time on the water, um, you know, just riding the boat or jet ski or, or doing wakeboarding. Um, and then 
just playing like pickleball and tennis with some of the neighborhood people. Okay. So, yeah. Pretty competitive pickleball league? And believe it or not, I didn't know what I was signing up for. I was like, good grief. And just about every day now it's become a commitment, it seems like at night. But yeah, it's a lot of fun though. Adult pickleball. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure there's a little, a, little bit of a, a little bit of a partying aspect to that. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Some of them take it super serious and others don't, just like golf, right? That's fair. That's fair. Well, cool. Well, thank you for taking a few minutes to let us get to know. Everybody, reach out to Holland. He's got some really good uh, insights and resources in the uh, industrial world. And I'm sure we can always swap stories. So thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, Z. Well, that's our show. Another fresh look into the workings of Line Drive. Thanks to you all for listening. And a special thanks to Chad Lingerfeld and Holland for joining us. It was pretty cool to hear about some of the safety roles that Chad had held during his career. Make sure that you subscribe on your favorite pod hosting platform. And I love me some good promotion, so tell all your friends and coworkers to listen. Plus, I always love a good text letting me know how much you're enjoying the show. Thanks, Dudley. Certified Fresh is a line drive production. Recording happens all over this great country, including from parking garages. Sometimes you got to be resourceful. Your host and executive producer is me, Brian Zamania, and our fantastic technical producer is Amy Struckman.